Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio show. I'm your host, Robert Helms. It's a new year and there's new opportunities everywhere. One of our personal favorite opportunities is markets that are outside of the norm. And today we're going to talk about investing internationally, specifically in the beautiful country of Belize. Today we'll talk about putting paradise in your portfolio on the Real Estate Guys radio program. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you. Attend the secrets of successful syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio show. I'm your host, Robert Helms. With me as usual, it's co-host and financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. It's awesome to be in beautiful Belize. It is. It's uh, one of my favorite places in the world. You know, I think uh, when people learn about Belize, it was for many, many years underdiscovered. In fact, when I first started coming here 15 years ago, the most popular t-shirt in the uh, t-shirt stands was, where the hell is Belize? People would wear that, oh, where is Belize? Is it near Bulgaria? Uh, and now we don't even have that t-shirt here in Belize anymore because uh, it's been discovered. And yet, as I think you'll learn today, it uh, doesn't mean there's not an opportunity. You know, markets go through cycles. Whatever market it is, it goes through a cycle. Originally, there's growth, and then it reaches equilibrium, where things are pretty much built out. And then there sometimes is a decline. Think of like a downtown, that, that's where a city started. It got really thriving. And then as the suburbs started to get populated and downtown kind of turned downwards, that's the decline. And then there usually is a revitalization. And you can think of a lot of downtowns today. I remember when we used to go to Dallas, and it was just a ghost town on the weekends because it was a Monday through Friday market. Now it is just humming on the weekends. Weekends. So here in Belize, I think that we've seen it not even get to equilibrium. It's still in growth. And quite frankly, I am more excited about this market than I ever have been. And I've been coming here a long time. Well, it's got momentum now. And it's hard to believe that here we are in now the 2020s. And there's still parts of the world that are underdeveloped, uh, underdiscovered. I remember in 2012, we took Robert Kiyosaki out to Belize, show him what we were doing out there. And he said, I didn't even know any place like this still existed on earth. And so there's a lot of people that are like that. And, you know, when we first started going out there, and it was probably five or six years before that, it was really still extremely underdeveloped, and yet you could see the potential. And I think part of that was because we had a compared to what? Back in the early 2000s, we spent some time in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. And you go down there, and there was a time when that was just a nothing little peninsula town. And then it kind of got built up and discovered over the course of a few decades. And of course, now it's a hot spot. And in spite of all the things going on in Mexico, it's still extremely popular and expensive and all those kind of things. Well, you could see the future when you looked at Belize through the lens of Cabo San Lucas or Hawaii. And so then the next thing is just doing your homework to make sure that the underpinnings, the things that you think you see are really there. And that's where it really got exciting. Boy, it did. And you know, today it looks like we were geniuses, but we really weren't. We were just out looking for other markets and other locations. And a lot of things felt right about it, but I don't know that we even predicted or came close to thinking it would get to what it's become. And just to kind of paint the picture, uh, back when you and I first came here, there were 600 rooms approximately of overnight accommodations. Today, nearly 2000. So that's a, a big jump. That's just in the market of San Pedro, which is the number one tourist market in the country, but not the only tourist market, as our guest will elaborate on today. Uh, but there has been such a change. Up until two years ago, there wasn't a single branded hotel on this island. And today, there is one that is open, big brand. There's another one almost open, and there's one after that, and there's one after that. So like we predicted 10 years ago, as soon as the first big hotel brand is here, the rest are going to come. That is 
is happening right now. We're seeing more airlift, more airlines are coming, new announcements are coming this year. The Prime Minister just two days ago made an announcement about some of the new flights coming. Now, he didn't give the airlines names, and we're actually under non-disclosure on one of these, but the, he did give the, the cities and where it was going to happen. Now, again, that doesn't mean that it's completely signed up and the flights are flying yet, but so far we've seen that happen. When you and I first started coming to Belize, there were only really four airlines that came here, and then lots more have come since then, five more additional airlines, and these are typically big planes. There's a few of the two-by-two two planes that hold 80 or 90 people, but most of these are, are larger planes, and we're just seeing the market increase, and yet still, this is not a very populated place. It's a small market. You know, I have a picture of my wife and I and the Prime Minister of Belize and, and his wife and people, oh, who's, the, who's that? Well, that's the Prime Minister of Belize. Oh my gosh, that's like, that's like the president. Well, it is, but actually it's more like the mayor of Anaheim, California, because Belize only has 400,000 people. So he is the world leader for the country, but you know, he, he's just a guy and he's a great guy. And so it's a, it's a very different market. If you've never been involved in something from the ground up, boy, there's been lots of stories, right? Not everything has gone perfectly well here. There's, there's certainly been developers that have come in and, and failed, but there's also been amazing increase in equity and cash flow in tourism. And it's super exciting. Well, I think there's a bigger picture too here for people that are listening to this, who, you know, are in the uh, single family home rental business or maybe small multifamily in their local market. You know, when I first started working with you, Robert, I had to learn to think bigger than my local market. And we started going interstate. Then we went cross country. Pretty soon we were going international. Companies go international for a reason. These companies that you've been talking about, these major hotel brands, these airlines, they have international interests. They go where the people, where the money, where the opportunity is. Why should a real estate investor be any different? And the answer is they shouldn't. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to take a look at going global. Uh, we've had Simon Black on the show many times from Sovereign Man. He's a big believer in planting multiple flags, uh, having business interests, investment interests, banking interests, assets, sources of income in different jurisdictions, because you just never know what's going to go on. Okay, so that's one reason. Uh, Belize, for a long time, has been a tax haven. There's some advantages to organizing your business international. That's why companies like Apple Computer and GE and many other companies organize their businesses multinationally to take advantage of tax laws, individual investors can do that too. There's some asset protection uh, reasons to want to be international as a real estate investor because you can move uh, assets and park wealth in parts of the world that uh, are under a different jurisdiction for where most of your liabilities are. There's a reason why people in China and other parts of the world buy property in the United States. And there's a reason why United States citizens might want to think about buying property in, in places outside the United States where judgments and lawsuits that occur in the United States uh, don't have jurisdiction. So, you know, the list goes on and on for the different reasons why someone would want to take a look at it. And once you've made the decision, you know what, I'm kind of open-minded to this idea of international investing and going offshore, then you got to do like you would anytime you decide to make a move into any real estate market. You have to understand what the market's about, how it works, uh, what are the drivers, what are the dynamics. And then once you decide that you like what you see and you think it's going to fit what it is you're trying to accomplish, next thing to do is build a team, people who really know the market, who operate in the market on a daily basis, who can help you make the tactical decisions and make those strategic introductions to the resources you're going to need to actually go from an idea to implementation. We met our guest about four years ago, and we really didn't become fast friends necessarily, but he started listening to our podcast, coming to our events. He's a great guy. We started to build up some camaraderie, and then we learned that he was one of the most successful real estate brokers in the country of Belize. He has one of the largest brokerage offices, and he's got about a dozen agents. So you think, well, that's not a large office. Well, in Belize, it is. The average Belize real estate office has less than two people. So to have a dozen agents, that's a, a big firm. And he's helped people find their paradise here in Belize. When we come back to meet our friend David Kafka today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. When it comes to successful rental property investing, it pays to be picky. 
Pick the right markets, pick profitable properties, and pick great property management. That's easier said than done, but we've got great news. Jerry Kerr and his rock star team at Mid-South Homebuyers are going strong in Memphis, Tennessee, and Little Rock, Arkansas, too. So for a top-notch turnkey single-family home rental property, whether you're a new investor or have a large portfolio already, pick Terry Kerr and Mid-South for a truly A-plus investing experience. To learn more, send an email to midsouth at realestateguysradio.com. That's midsouth at realestateguysradio.com. If you want to learn how you could potentially increase your net worth by over a million dollars and quit your job in just a few short years, listen closely for the next 60 seconds. This is Brad Sumrock, and over the past 16 years, I've helped thousands of people invest profitably in real estate, but not just any type of real estate. I specialize in helping people syndicate large apartment buildings so that they can be business owners and investors. In today's competitive environment, it's even more important than ever to leverage an experienced mentor, invest in your education, and have a team of advisors that has established relationships nationwide. And so many people right now seem to be struggling to find deals and then get them funded, but yet Sumrock students are thriving in today's marketplace. We've purchased nearly 7,000 units and nearly one half billion in purchase volume over the past 12 months. And with the new Trump tax laws, apartment investors are positioned now better than ever before to pay even less in taxes. To find out more, send an email to apartmentsnow at realestateguysradio.com and you'll get my recent presentation called Why Apartments Now? That's apartmentsnow at realestateguysradio.com. Hello, I'm Brian Tracy and I'm here today with Robert Helms. He's one of the real estate guys and he always has wonderful ideas to share with you that can improve your life, improve your income, and help you to achieve more than you ever thought possible. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program, heard every weekend on this great radio station all the time at realestateguysradio.com. We're in one of our favorite places in the world, the country of Belize, and joining us, a gentleman who's lived down here for 10 years. Let's say hi to our good friend, David Kafka. Hey, David. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you, my friend? I am well. You know, you're always smiling. I love that about you. Thank you. I try. <laughs> you know, uh, you made the decision that uh, you wanted to move to another country, and we're going to tell you, hear your story about that. I think uh, the context of it is for some people, they're thinking, I might want to have a foot offshore. I might want to invest offshore, but some people actually want to get up and, and move, and you've done that. So take us through your story. How did you end up in Belize? Well, it was, uh, I guess, about 15, 18 years ago. We were sitting out in a campfire with some friends, and reading uh, Peter Schiff's book on how not to pay income tax and, and his federal mafia. And, and so we all decided that, man, we're tired. Let's just, let's just move. And we all decided to go look for somewhere to live. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'll check Mexico and Belize. Wasn't really sure where Belize was, but hey, it was in the Caribbean, so yeah. it had to be pretty nice. And so uh, I came here on vacation and... Uh, pretty much never left. Wow. So you were already thinking, I want to get out of Dodge. And some people have that for sure. And you stumbled across it. What happened to the rest of the friends? So uh, they're still in Charleston, South Carolina. They <laughs> didn't move. But I. Uh, it's a story I tell. And it's not something I can really describe. But once I got off the plane, I knew it. Wow. I didn't see the country yet. I didn't... I don't know. It just, I felt it and I felt at home. And after we uh, had a landscape company at the time and I was able to travel and work anywhere, yeah. uh, had managers and all that doing what they were you know, doing. And so we came for a month at a time and we spent two weeks in one area, two weeks in another area. And we did that every six months for about three, four years. And then I asked my wife and daughter, I'm like, would y'all consider moving here? And they're like, yeah, we'll give it six months. And I'm like, you know, we can't really sell everything and come for six months. Right. I'm like, you got to give me a year. And I knew that once we got a routine together, they would be okay. And sure enough, uh, we sold everything around 2008, 2007, 8, 9. Moved uh, 2010. 
and uh, been here ever since. Now you had a successful business. Prior to that, you'd been a firefighter. You hadn't really gotten involved with real estate. Talk about making that transition because today you operate one of the largest brokerages in the country and you help a lot of folks discover Belize. But uh, how did you make that transition into real estate? Well, I've always liked real estate. I've always, uh, I purchased a few lots. I, I'm, I'm a big uh, land person Yeah, because there's not much to do. And so I would, I would buy my house, fix it up, live in it for a few years, sell it. And we've done that a few times, but that's not really real estate. Uh, but I did buy a few lots. And so when I came to Belize, I just saw the opportunity. And I talked to the gentleman at Remax uh, when I came to Placencia and saw that they needed help. And so every time I came back and forth, I would listen. Then I'd go home, do research. Fact find, double check, triple check, and then once I moved here, you know, it was pretty much with a job. I just had to get the work permit, go through that process, and then start. And then you have to figure out the market. So you landed in Placencia, and you talked about coming to two areas. There's a lots of different areas of Belize, and if you've not seen Belize on a map, there is the mainland, which is beautiful rainforest, the largest jaguar preserve in the world. It's got Mayan ruins. Very beautiful. And then there's the islands or the keys. And those are low-lying, like being in a Corona commercial, white sand, palm trees. So what's really unique to me about Belize is just the variety of terrain and look and feel and the rain and everything's different. So um, talk about uh, why you settled in Placencia. Coming from Charleston and Johns Island, I knew I wanted to be on the water. That cut out the, the Cayo area or the mountain area. Um, even though they have rivers and things like that, uh, wanted to be kind of close to the ocean and I needed to work. And so I knew um, I'd be doing real estate and I knew I wanted to be somewhere on the ocean. So we looked at Hopkins, looked at Placencia, looked at Ambergris Key, San Pedro. Uh, of course, my daughter wanted to live in Ambergris Key and San Pedro. And at the time, I kind of thought it was kind of peaked out. Boy, did I have that one wrong, <laughs> you know, but... Uh, we ended up picking what I thought would be the next place, which would be Placencia. Yeah. And uh, fell in love with it. You know, uh, love it to death. But now I get the best of both worlds. I spend my time between Placencia and San Pedro. Yeah. We'll talk about that because Ambergris Key, San Pedro town, is the number one tourist destination. But Placencia is also very popular, very laid back and uh, very seasonal, but uh, really great vibe down there. And one of the unique things about Belize is just the size of the country compared to the size of the population. It's one of the sparsest populated countries in this part of the world, and yet it's got lots of land. I mean, you can go for you know miles on the Hummingbird Highway and not see another car. So that's kind of hard to get used to, especially when you come from the busy, bustling United States. Correct. Yeah, for sure. And it was hard to adjust with in the beginning, but now you just kind of, you go with the flow and you just enjoy it. Things kind of frustrate you still, you know, but wherever you live, you're going to have things that frustrate you. And me, I rather have no traffic, no air pollution, great food, great people. Yeah, certainly the amazing part about Belize is the people. It's just always been one of my favorite things is how genuine they are. You never get the feeling that a Belizean is, is saying hi to you and, and looking over your shoulder for a more important person to talk to. They just they don't even operate like that. They're just so genuine. And there's not one Belizean, right? What is a Belizean person? Well, there's all kinds of people that live here. That That's extraordinary to me, right? You've got the Mestizos and you've got folks from Mayan descent and from Guatemalan descent and Mexican descent. And then you've got all kinds of expats come here. Uh, three and a half percent. The Garifuna are amazing. Uh, you've got the Mennonites. Yep. More than three percent of the population are Mennonite yep. farmers and yep. land folks. And it's really, really cool. Talk about that transition that you see people make. Today, you help investors find their paradise in Belize, whether it's Placencia or Ambergris Key or Belize City, whatever makes sense for them. Uh, but talk about that process because you work with a lot of folks who are making that decision either from, hey, we're going to keep a place offshore and visit occasionally and still keep our home in Canada or the U.S. or where they come from, all the way to the person like you that says, no, I want to live here. Yeah, majority of the people we're dealing with now are, are coming to, to Belize or interested in purchasing. Uh, most of them want to get their foot in the door. They want to go ahead and buy something now, either a lot or uh, let's say a house or in a condo, 
and rent it out for a few years with the option to live here either a snowbird, you know, part of the year or full time. And you do see snowbirds that come down for oh, sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, we have quite a few. And then we have some that come every, you know, twice a year for two weeks. They spend their vacations here and, you know, do their fishing, diving, snorkeling and, and other outdoor sports. But, uh, you know, they just want to get their foot in the door and then they'll decide later what they'll do. You know, if it's going to be part-time, full-time, or, or, you know, just for the winter to get away from the cold, things like that. That is kind of the traditional buyer here. They came on vacation, they fall in love with it, and they go, man, we should get something, and we'll rent it out when we're not here. And so that's an economic model that's worked. In the last 10 years, you've started to see real investors come, where they see there's opportunity more than just have a personal experience. So I know you work with people that don't decide to move to Belize, but they decide to invest in Belize. Talk about where the opportunity is in terms of investments. Yeah, there's always investment opportunities. Uh, your, your renting, your Airbnb and things like that. Uh, there's a huge need and, and my love and passion is affordable housing. Yeah. You know, the numbers really are less, but you do have the social aspect of giving back to the country. Well, interesting thing has happened because I remember the first time I came here, which was 2004, I think. And boy, you could rent an apartment anywhere and it was pretty affordable. Today, it is just not the case. It is so hard to find a place to rent because many of the people who owned, say, a small apartment building decided that the overnight rental market was much more interesting. So they took a bunch of inventory off the market from workforce housing and turned it into accommodations. It's not true just in San Pedro where we sit today, but next door at Key Cocker and certainly some places on the mainland where people are like, well, you know, I think the opportunity is overnight rental. This is something to get your mind around it. A unit that might rent for $1,000 a month would rent for $250 a night. So you don't have to be a rocket surgeon to figure out that Correct. those numbers kind of favor overnight rentals. Now, obviously, there's more management and all that to deal with, and you've got to find those guests, but there's certainly ways to accomplish that. And I think if people understand that, they start to say, okay, well, that, that makes sense why we've seen an increase in the overnight tourism market. And of course, there has to be demand for that, which we talked a little bit about at the beginning of the show, but we'll talk more about. Uh, and I think that the idea of displacing the locals doesn't sit well with folks. And I think that's where this opportunity is that you talk for. The folks that are, say, you come to San Pedro because there's a lot of jobs and you really can't find an apartment that will fit within your budget. So you end up staying on somebody's couch or three people room together. There's a real demand for workforce housing really all over the country. Correct. Yeah. All over the country. And it's just, uh, substandard living you know the, the the living conditions aren't as good you know so if you give somebody some nice quality living accommodations and affordable pricing i mean i think you'll get locals you'll get um there's a lot of people that come here for two three years that don't want to they don't want to buy they just want to rent yeah. and and you know but they don't want to pay 1500 us a month um and they can't afford a couple hundred dollars a night you know, so it, it is a huge opportunity, but it's just, it's a numbers game, you know, and, and it's hard to talk to an investor about, you know, the social aspect when you make so much more money overnight. Well, I think part of it, as I look at the opportunities, certainly the overnight market makes sense, but what you have to have figured out there is great property management, right? The, the part of the real estate team that gets the least respect and is the hardest to do and is arguably the most important is the property manager, whether you own a single family house or a commercial building or a hotel. So if I own a single family house, I'm looking to my property manager to find a tenant and to take care of them so that there's not a lot of turnover. Well, the overnight market is completely different. Now you've got to have constant outreach to bring people into your accommodation. And then you've got to meet them, check them in, take care of their needs, figure out laundry and trash and housekeeping and all kinds of stuff. And it's just a bigger job. So sometimes the surety of income, say in workforce housing, might make sense to somebody who knows, hey, these things will stay full because there's huge demand versus, well, what happens when the season is out or what happens when the, a new hotel gets built and, and there's so much competition that rates come down and occupancy comes down. So I, I think there is a balance. If you're more of the, hey, I'm going to bet on the calm and there's a lot of great potential in the marketplace and I want to own something where people are staying every night and paying premium, that's, that's a way to think. 
And the other way is, well, there's got to be people to service all those people. So why not specialize in housing them? It may not be as high as of an ROI, but it's going to be more consistent. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and there's no reason for investors to do a little bit of both. Yeah. You know, I'll have, you know, we, we have that in our portfolio, you know, some overnight stuff and we have, you know, some long-term stuff. So um, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, because I see it as well. So it's just a matter of running the numbers and, and seeing what you want for where you want. Now, there's certainly that whole residential and vacation side, but let's talk about land development, commercial property, you know, the other opportunities that you see in Belize. Yeah, the... Uh, the land is, we have a lot of land in this country. Um, there's always some land for any budget. So if, if you just need to get your foot in the door, you know, there is that. And then there's uh, acreage. If you want to do some agricultural, some farming, if you want to do some commercial stuff, there's always a need for some good commercial real estate. Yeah, it's interesting. As the market grows, then everything that you can think of that would fit in a commercial space has also been growing from grocery stores to restaurants to, in the case of the island here, tour operators and all of that. And yet the commercial market is really inefficient. Like if you're used to a top 50 MSA in the U.S., you typically have great commercial brokers who know leases per square foot and know A and B and C class and know where the puck is going. Boy, here that doesn't exist. You want to lease a shop. Well, you've just opened a store. Well, this is a business. You, you want to talk about maybe that process because it doesn't work like it does in other places. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It's it's definitely different. You know, and if, and if you have a good real estate agent, he'll know what price per square foot normally is based on, you know, like for instance, I have, you know, my office in Placencia and friends that have places and we can kind of come up with a price per square foot. Yeah. Um, but it is very, you know, different based on location and some people want more. There's, there's not like a MLS for what it should go for. And in San Pedro, it's, you know, Ambridge Key, it's, it's definitely different because it's a town. So you have to get trade licenses and you can't get a bank account until you, uh, that's just not in San Pedro. That's anywhere in the country, you know, until the signs up and things like that. Dealing with the uh, you know, triple net leases. We do have those here now, um, you know, but they're pretty new. And uh, most of them, you know, like in Placencia, any repairs I do and I just take it off the rent. Yeah. Well, and that's part of going to any new market is just figuring out how does it work here. So when we come back, I want to find out about that part. How do real estate transactions work? Things like title insurance and mortgage and so forth. We're talking with David Kafka. He spent the last 10 years living and working in Belize as a real estate agent and investor. We'll have more with David when we come back and we'll play real estate trivia next. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Live nationwide, you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. If you've been listening to The Real Estate Guys for a while, then you've heard about the legendary Investor Summit. Simply put, it's the highest level event we do, and the content, faculty, and attendees are amazing. If you're serious about taking your real estate investment to the next level, consider joining us. You'll spend more than a week with like-minded investors, world-class educators, and real-world professionals, and you'll have a blast. It all begins June 11th, 2020 in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Visit realestateguysradio.com and click the tab that says Summit to learn more and get on the advance notice list. We'll spend two and a half days on land, learning and networking, then jump aboard a luxury cruise ship for more classes, roundtable discussions, great dinner conversations, and a ton of fun. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit and make plans to hang out with the Real Estate Guys and an all-star faculty on the 18th Annual Investor Summit at Sea. Hungry for more real estate investing ideas? Here's two steps you can take today. First, go to realestateguysradio.com and sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll get access to a continuous feed of thought-provoking commentary specifically for real estate investors while also focusing on broader picture economics. Then, once you're at our site, look for the Resources tab where you'll find our amazing collection of special reports. Browse dozens of white papers, webinars, and market reports and request the ones that appeal to you. What are you waiting for? Head to realestateguysradio.com to implement education for effective action.
Hello, this is Robert Kiyosaki. I'm the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And if you're serious about learning how to invest in real estate, listen to the real estate guys. They really know what they're talking about. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Tell a friend about the real estate guys. We're talking today about the beautiful paradise called Belize and learning from David Kafka. Before we get back to the interview with David, it's time to play Real Estate Trivia, your chance to win a prize. By knowing today's Real Estate Trivia question, in just a minute, I'm going to ask you a Real Estate Trivia question that has something to do with Belize. When you hear the question and want to take a guess, send your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name, the answer to the question, and your mailing address. Because if you are the first with the right answer, you're going to win an awesome book. It's called Don't Quit, Stories of Persistence, Courage, and Faith by Kyle Wilson and a whole bunch of amazing contributing authors. That can be yours if you know today's real estate trivia question. Last week, we had Dr. Chris Martinson on the program. We asked this, which U.S. state grows the most sweet potatoes? Well, North Carolina grows approximately 60% of the U.S. crop. Here's our real estate trivia question for this week. What's the national flower of Belize? Yeah, the national flower of Belize. Now, you may know, or you may need to look it up, or you may just guess. But send your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. The first person with the right answer gets Don't Quit, Stories of Persistence, Courage, and Faith. That's today's real estate trivia question. We're in Ambergris Key, Belize with David Kafka. In fact, David, you are a contributing author to that book, Don't Stop, and you tell an amazing story uh, in the book. Yeah, I uh, wanted to give my story on moving here. Yeah. The challenges I faced certainly wasn't the best time of my life to sell everything, you know, during the 8-9 crisis. Right. You know, it, it all worked out, and uh, I'm glad I'm here, and if, if you put your mind to something, you just work through everything, you know, and uh, the opportunity came to be a contributing author of this uh, wonderful book of wonderful, amazing people who didn't stop, didn't quit, you know, and uh, and so it's, uh, I'm privileged to be a part of it. All right. Well, one person is going to be able to read that uh, story in the book, but uh, what we're going to do for everybody else, if you're interested in David's story, We'll tell you how you can get a copy of his chapter in the book so you can learn his story, uh, and we'll do that before we're done. So thank you for making that available to folks. Now, David, let's talk about the differences someone's going to come across when they buy a property in Belize. We often say that this is an easier place to buy than some other foreign markets because it feels very similar. The primary language is English. The controlling and legal language in the contract is English, different in other countries in, in Latin America for sure, in the Caribbean. Um, but just talk about the maybe the things people need to know about how the process works compared to what they're used to. You know, I'm in the process of buying a, a, a property in Nicaragua and it's so different because everything's in Spanish. You know, yeah. here everything's in English. You know, the contracts are in English um, and it's so much, and it's just like the U.S. You know, so we have a contract. I had a lawyer do ours. There's no really title companies, so you have to hold escrow either with a lawyer um, or some of the real estate agents have their, uh, their own escrow accounts um, like we do. Um, we have a U.S. account locally for one places that have to go through Central Bank, and we have one offshore. Well, let's talk about that because if you think about it, you've got a seller who's maybe owned a property for 10 years, and they're from Canada, and they sell it to a buyer who's buying it as an investment from the United States. The money doesn't necessarily ever come to the country, right? So it's hard to get your mind around that. But what the agent does is helps the buyer and seller understand when you would want to use an attorney, when you would want to use a closing agent, what the risks and all those things are. And that would be very specific based on where they buy and what their situation is. And then it functions the kind of the same way as an escrow does uh, where you're from, perhaps, except uh, that the money doesn't come here. And so you've got to figure out when there is an approval required by the central bank. Talk about that. Correct. Yeah. If it's a... Uh a Belizean selling something or buying something from an American or Canadian or somebody else. Um, that that has to go through Central Bank. Uh, the funds have to go to an approved account at an approved bank. A lot of people think the money, oh, the money is going to be transferred in Belize dollars and you have to get approval into U.S. funds again. None of that happens anymore. The money never changes out of U.S. funds. 
So we keep it in U.S. funds. We just bring it here. There's a few more processes that have to go through to get the approvals, but we help everybody through the whole step. Well, and because real estate transacts in Belize, like it does in most parts of the world in U.S. dollars. So even though Belizeans earn their income in Belize dollars, there are some places in the country you can buy property in Belize dollars. But for the vast majority, any investor is going to look at the bigger markets, the markets where there's good you know, metrics, and you, those are U.S. dollar transactions. So if it's an American buying from American, there's no central bank approval. But if a Belizean is buying the property, a, see, Belizeans can't convert... Belize dollars into U.S. dollars or vice versa easily because the Belize dollar is not a hard currency. It does track two to one with the U.S. dollar. So the math is simple, but it's not as easy as walking to the bank and say, hey, could I take my 10,000 Belize dollars and turn that into 5,000 U.S.? Most of the banks will accommodate a few hundred dollars a day from tourists if you want Belize dollars. But I'll tell you, having come in here as a tourist for many, many years, everyone takes U.S. dollars. I've only met one guy ever who wouldn't take U.S. dollars, and he's a cab driver in Belize, and he's a great guy. You probably know the guy. He's like, no, 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 I'm in Belize. I only take Belize dollars, and, and he won't, but he'll help you get change. But uh, most folks are happy to take either. So it's very easy in terms of living here, even if you're coming part-time, like when you guys were coming down and, and visiting and going back and forth, it's not like you're stopping at the money-changing booth. There isn't even a currency-changing booth in the Belize airport. Correct. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's everything's done. I mean, every place takes U.S. and Belize money. So pretty much like you said, you don't have to worry about that. It's not like going to Europe, Germany or something like that, you know, so it's it's super easy. Now, what about the, you mentioned the um, title insurance, not title insurance companies here. There are some U.S. title insurance companies that will give you title insurance. That's a bigger topic than we'll talk about today. But if you were serious about it, you could uh, find out uh, the information from your agent. Dave would be able to make that uh, introduction to you. But here's the, uh, here's the, the, the question is, in the U.S., we have the title of transfer happens differently depending kind of on where you are. In some parts of the country, there are attorney closings. Sometimes it's an escrow company. Sometimes it's a title company. In Belize, you're going to have the choices of the closing. But let's talk about how the recording happens because that's a little different here. Yeah, I'd say 98% of my closings, the buyer and seller are never in country. Yeah. Uh, so we do everything through FedEx. We can do some stuff DocuSign, but all the legal stuff that gets recorded at the land's office has to be, you know, your original signature. Web signatures, yep. And has to be notarized by a justice of the peace or a notary, you know, if you will. We send it to the buyer, then the buyer sends it to the seller. The seller sends it back to us, so we look at it, and then it gets recorded at the land's office. And then it's pretty much considered closed at that point. And then we, you know, disperse funds after that. Now, one of the expenses people are used to paying uh, in almost every jurisdiction, I can think of two that don't have this, but almost every place you go buy real estate, you have property tax. And what's the property tax like here? Man, the last beach lot I sold in Placencia uh, a few weeks ago was like 27 Belize dollars. Here on the island, it's a little bit more in Ambrose Key. I think you could help me better with that. It's probably what two fifty. It's ridiculously low. It's unbelievable. So not not that big spoiler alert, but you probably know if you listen to our show that for fifteen years now we've been doing field trips to Belize, discovery trips where we learn about the market. And one of the things I have fun doing with folks is always asking, "Who owns a single family house as that's a rental?" And yeah. we always have right yeah. listener. You've you've been to these uh, events, and someone says, "Yeah, I do." Okay, okay. Think about this: How many months of rent? does it take to pay your property tax for the year? And just play along with us at home. If you have a single family rental home, how many months of income does it take to pay your property tax? Now, having done this for so many years, sometimes people say, oh, it's about a month. So they live in a place like maybe California or, or Arizona. Or then you say, someone says, well, it would take me about two, two and a half months. Oh, you must be from Texas or Florida, right? Based on the tax. And then I will sometimes turn to you since you're often on our trips and say, now, how long do you have to rent the unit we're in? Because we go look at a lot of stuff here uh, in order to pay the property tax. And the answer is typically one night. One night, one night rental, you've paid your property tax for the year. So now that's not saying that that's the only reason to consider buying Belize. It is one of the T8 tax havens, meaning one of the lowest tax jurisdictions in the world. But there's good and there's bad to that. Now, that's probably enough of that discussion because of our time remaining. But Really the big thing, David, paint the picture for us for why you're excited about Belize today. Man, there's just so much going on. When people come to me about selling property, I kind of talk them out of it. Yeah. I'm like, don't sell now. You know, we have 
record number of um, tourists coming in every every month. We have a lot more airfare coming in. Uh, we have the branded hotels. We have the Hilton, the Curio by Hilton uh, that's open in Embers Key right now. Uh, the Marriott is coming. Uh, we have Margaritaville coming. Uh, so if you could remember, I don't know, Hawaii back in the 60s or yeah. something like that, you know, that's where we're at right now. You know, so there's so much opportunity and so much upside. You know, not only do you have a quality way of life, you have, you know, a lot of upside in, 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 in the real estate. Yeah, it's amazing to watch, you know, being in the market and knowing the market. Well, I always say you can only know about a half a dozen markets very well. This is one that I do know very well. And when I first came here, there wasn't a branded hotel on this island. There were only three airlines and they didn't even fly every day. And they only flew from four cities. And today, 27 different direct flights. And there's so many Airlines, these aren't little planes. These are full 130, 150, 180 passenger planes that come from major U.S. cities and Canadian cities and Panama and El Salvador, all over the place. And it's really on the map. People often ask, right, you guys have been doing trips to Belize for years. Is it too late? Like you had thought about, maybe it's overdone. I would argue that we're barely getting started. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, agree. it's a, you got to see it for yourself. And if you're interested, we'd love to have you come on the field trip. We do those a couple times a year. The next one is uh, coming up. You can go to the website at realestateguysradio.com uh, under events and look at the trips we do. Nothing is sold on a Real Estate Guys field trip. So David often comes along to help out, uh, but he knows the rule is you're not here to sell, you're here to educate, and you do a great job of that, which is why I wanted want to have you on the show. Um, from your perspective, Tell us about the trip. And the trip is phenomenal. If you're looking or thinking about Belize, you can save so much time collapsing time frames, like y'all say, to just by going on that field trip. It's, awesome. It's long, but it's uh, you know it's a lot to learn, but it's it's awesome. Yeah, I remember the uh, first time you came on it, I uh, was uh, struggling because we had a pretty good group. That you know, usually the Belize field trip might be eight or ten or twelve people, not like the trips we would do in in Dallas and and Phoenix and Las Vegas and Memphis where we'd have a whole bus or sometimes more than one bus. Here it's just a small market. It's hard to get around. We spend a day on a boat. We spend a day on golf carts. So it's usually a small group, but I, I think I had 14 or 15 signed up and I was on my own. Uh, Russ wasn't able to come. I didn't have any support team, which usually isn't the case. And I'm like, I should call David. And I called and said, I know you're in Placencia, but if there's any way, and you were awesome. You're like, absolutely. And uh, you were, you did such a good job. I haven't let you not come now. So I appreciate, appreciate it. it. I enjoy it. It's, it's good stuff. It's a re really great way to see the market. And we'd love to have you come. So if you're interested in the trip, awesome. If you're not sure you want to come on the trip yet and invest that kind of time and money, but you're thinking Belize sounds interesting, we have just updated our Belize webinar, and we'll tell you after the break how you can get a hold of that. Uh, David's got a report he's working on, which isn't available yet, but if you sign up for the webinar as soon as it is, we'll send it out to you. Tell us about this as a really interesting angle. Yeah, I, um, one of the biggest questions I get is, what does it cost to live here? And that's kind of a, you know, what does Russ say compared to what? Yeah. You know, and so it depends where you live and, and what you like to eat. You know, so I'm, I'm putting the report together and it has the basics, electric, you know, water, things like that. Insurance. Insurance, you know, but I'm also adding, I'm, I'm taking like a bag of Doritos and Embry's Key, Placencia, Cayo, and putting that on the report, bag, you know, bag of diapers, you know, things like that, you know, so you can get a full picture of, you know, depending on how you want to eat, you know, how you want to live will tell you about what it's gonna to cost to live here. Awesome, so I know it's gonna be uh, pretty comprehensive and uh, we wanna get the show out and we're not gonna wait on the report, but if you sign up for the webinar, you'll get to watch that, learn a little bit more about Belize and you'll also get a copy of the chapter David has in the Don't Quit book, uh, that'll be yours. And then as soon as this report's done, we'll send that out to everybody on the list. Uh, David, thank you so much for uh, sharing your story with us and your passion for Belize and uh, we'll see you down uh, on the next Belize field trip. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. There's David Kafka. More when we come back from Ambergris Key, Belize. This is the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. Do you have a self-directed IRA invested in a syndication? Guess what? It's a ticking time bomb. 
Why? Because IRAs get hit with UBIT taxes, even Roth IRAs. Hi, I'm Damian Lupo, and we fixed this problem for you forever. It gets even better because using the EQRP, you can literally get rid of taxes from all of your gains forever and protect your nest egg. The EQRP is the best vehicle to get it done. IRAs can't do it, not even Roth IRAs. You see, UBIT happens whenever any type of IRA invests in anything with debt. Don't worry, even if your IRA is already invested in a deal, we can kill that tax. Our team at Total Control Financial is here to give you control of your retirement money and free you from that deadly IRA tax forever. Want to learn more about the EQRP? Send an email to eqrp at realestateguysradio.com. I'll email you my special report and send you a copy of the QRP book. Paying a 37% UBIT tax is stupid. First step to getting rid of that tax is to send an email to eqrp at realestateguysradio.com today. Hi, this is Mauricio Raul, the founder and CEO of Mir Law Group, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Hey, if you ever wanted to do bigger deals using other people's money, well, then come on out to the secrets of successful syndication. It happens in Dallas, Texas. In the end of March, you're going to have a great, great faculty and lots of cool people. You can get all the details at realestateguysradio.com. We're in Hamburger Ski, Belize today, and oh my gosh, awesome to hear from David Kafka. Yeah, it is. And as I'm listening to David and the process he went through, it's really interesting. He opened up with uh, that he was reading a book. He mentioned Peter Schiff, but I think he was talking about Peter's dad, Irwin. He was. That's a body of work I'm somewhat familiar with. And ironically, my first interest in Belize was really based on tax uh, avoidance, not evasion, avoidance, uh, which is perfectly legal. The idea that you want to structure yourself in such a way that you pay the least amount of taxes, kind of the reason why uh, people like Peter Schiff have ended up in Puerto Rico. Simon Black's ended up in Puerto Rico. That I thought was really interesting, but even more the process that he went through in terms of looking around and then uh, deciding if it was right, but also deciding if it was right for him and for his family. I thought that that was a great process. And then bigger picture, I started thinking about something because it reminded me, I mentioned at the top of the show, how many years ago you took us into Australia. And at first I didn't understand Australia for the same reasons that I was concerned about Belize. I said, well, gee, I don't understand. You've got this huge piece of land, uh, very sparsely populated. And if real estate is all about supply and demand and it's sparsely populated, how in the world is equity ever going to happen? Because supply will just expand. But then I realized that supply has to grow around infrastructure, and infrastructure costs a lot of money. Right. And so what happens is even in places that are sparsely populated, they're also uh, sparsely built out in terms of infrastructure. It's really hard to get that crawl. And so you get things bunching up. And of course, when you look at something like the island of Ambergris Key, an island is only so big and there's no place to go. And so then that's really where the equity play is. And the other thing that I really thought about, uh, one of the appeals for me anyway, is that when you look at a resort-type investment, which is really what this is, uh, even though David talked about workforce housing or affordable housing, and I think there's certainly an opportunity there, by his own admission, the numbers just can't compare to what you're doing with resort property. But I think the bigger picture with resort property, just like with agriculture, is you don't have to get the local market as right as you have to get the attraction right, because your customers are going to come from all over the world if you get the attraction right. And God only made so many beautiful white sand beaches and crystal clear blue turquoise water and perfect weather uh, in the world. And so when you have an opportunity to own a piece of that paradise uh, and put a financial model on it where you can monetize it, which is what resort property investing uh, does, you not only have a chance to generate some good equity over the long term because you're buying a piece of rare property, but you have a chance to generate some real income. And by the way, you get a bonus, which is you know when it's not being rented out, you may actually want to stay in it. And you couldn't say that about your C-class apartment building. You know, if you have an industrial building in Cincinnati, I'm, I'm guessing you don't spend too much time there, right? It could be a great investment, but there is that benefit blurring the line, really, we call it when it comes to a place like this where, hey, maybe you're interested because of the economic benefit, but also maybe you're interested because you want to create a lifetime of family memories and a legacy for your kids and, and all that. I know I've been bringing my kids here since they were little, and it's a big part of their life. Every year they get to come to Belize and they have friends here and they have bikes here and they are excited about coming all the time and now they're starting to bring friends and that's the lifestyle investing component you don't have to have that but you know on the field trips we often talk about this continuum of one side being only buying for ROI and the other side of the continuum only buying for personal use 
And many people in Belize kind of buy for both. You know, I, I could see buying a place and we'd come down here a couple of weeks out of the year and the rest of the time, let's rent it out and, and let it at least liquidate our cost. That's definitely an opportunity. So you've heard us talk about Belize for, for many, many years and we keep coming down here and it keeps getting better and better. And if you want to find out up close and personal, then join me for the upcoming Belize Discovery Trip in February. You can get all the details on the website at realestateguysradio.com. You get a chance to meet David Kafka. You also get a chance to meet Dave Zook. The $150 million man we call Dave, he started uh, at the syndication uh, event uh, five years ago and now has raised over $150 million. He happens to be down here at the same time with a group of investors, and uh, he's volunteered to come and talk to folks on the Belize field trip, get a chance to meet him. He's heavily invested in Belize, and he's just a great guy. Yeah, Dave is a great guy, and the thing that he's done very successfully is he's been able to take his love of investing, his willingness to go out and do the hard work, the exploration. Uh, he's combined it with some life style investing. It's not the only type of investing he does. And he's been able to share the wealth with his investors. And he does that not just in terms of sharing the return on investment, but he actually incorporates bringing them down and showing them the marketplace and showing them the area. And he brings in an educational component. So Dave does a lot of things when it comes to syndication, right? He's kind of our poster child for the potential for what that thing can do, because he's only been at it for five or six years. And he's just done enormously well. And of course, he's not the only person that's gone through the program that's had success, but he's certainly the front runner, although we've got another guy that is uh, chomping at his heels right now. So uh, it's exciting. But when, when you think about the potential for what you want to do with your life, you can two-step it. You can say, hey, I want to go make a bunch of money, and then I want to invest. And you can say, then I want to do a bunch of investing, and then I want to have a lifestyle. That's a way to approach it. Or you can say, hey, I want to make my business investing and I want to invest around lifestyle. And all of a sudden, you've compressed a lot of time frames and you get to you get to get there faster. Hey, we've just updated our Belize Overview webinar. And if you're interested in learning more about Belize and also getting that free chapter in the Don't Stop book, which is David Kafka telling his story, just send an email to BelizeUpdate at realestateguysradio.com. BelizeUpdate at realestateguysradio.com. Three things are going to happen. You're going to get a link to watch the webinar and learn more of the details and reaffirm some of the things that we've talked about today. Secondly, you're going to get the chapter that David wrote in the book, Don't Stop. And then we're going to put you on the list so that when his report, David's report, comes out about cost of living in Belize, we'll send that to you. So big thanks to David Kafka for sharing his time today and his immense knowledge of this marketplace. Thanks for taking a 55-minute vacation with us. And until next week, go out and make some equity happen. This episode of the Real Estate Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the Resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.